okay, so we are talking about spiritual gifts. And, you know, honestly, the way the Bible's written, you have to study hard to understand it. You know, so some people just think all the gifts are for everybody. Some people think all the gifts are for any part of, uh, of history. There is no dispensational uh, changing taking place. And, uh, but then some people don't think there's any gifts left at all. We just read the Bible and pray. That's it. And I, sadly, a lot of Baptists don't follow spiritual leading, spiritual gifts. They don't utilize their gifts. They never even sought out to see if they had one. And so, you know, we've been trying to teach some of these things. And what we're going to do is give a questionnaire for you to take home and be honest with yourself and God. No one really needs to see this. Uh, if you would like for someone to look at it with you later, that's fine. You can have someone do that. It's an interesting, it's very, uh, I thought it was well done and detailed. Mrs. Gilliam had that. It's a, you, you, you're going to look at yourself, answer a lot of questions, and rate yourself. And you'll find out what your spiritual gifts are through this, hopefully. You know, that, and so you can take this home, you can study it and answer it, and then you can do something about it and say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stir up my gift. I'm going to do what I can for the church, and it'll be wonderful. So here's the thing. You know, there's two, there's two lists of gifts. And, well, actually, there's three. Two of them are found right in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Then there's another list that is in Romans chapter 12. And there's a difference. See, Romans is for service. What you do in service, in church service, or, or in the uh, arena of the church, spiritual gifts uh, that are gifts of the Spirit, though they edify the church as a whole, they do. They're, these are individual things. And so... I think it's really interesting to bring all this together. And I'm not going to lie, it's difficult to bring it together uh, and be doctrinally sound. So we were looking at the gifts, and what I told you was, when you look at a gift mentioned in the Bible, you have to discern what was the purpose of this gift. Was it a signed gift for Israel, or was it not? And if it was a signed gift, how does that apply to me? How does that apply to anyone uh, in, in the world today? And if you will do this, if you, basically, if you, will, if you will arrange all the spiritual gifts according to Israel, it won't be that difficult to figure it out. And so we started doing this last week. Look at what it says in verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit, differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to one the word of knowledge, or excuse me, another by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But these all work at that one and self-same spirit. 
defining to every man severally as he wills. So these are given out as God wills, not as we. And that word severally means separate. Se Though we all are getting a gift, everybody's getting a separate gift, but it's not for their benefit, it's for the church. And so we've talked about this last week. Uh, real quickly, the word of knowledge, a gift of the word of knowledge. We spoke about this last week. Is that a signed gift? Uh -uh. It's just knowing, right? It's just knowing what needed to be known in that particular case. So, right, right you know, in our situation, uh, with the, the land we've just purchased. You know, some people are going to just have a, a general ability to look at the facts and know this is what we ought to do. And then you apply the word of wisdom to that and how to apply that with the understanding from God and we can make wise decisions through God using people within the church. So the word of knowledge is not a sign yet. You're just possessing facts. You have facts and you need that will help in needed situations. The word of wisdom is how to apply those facts that you've learned. A lot of people know a lot of things, but they don't do one thing with it. You know, you, you can go win Jeopardy. Is that the one? Yeah, you can know all the facts and win Jeopardy. But how's that going to help your life? Probably those people that win Jeopardy have some of the sorriest lives when they get home. They just don't have much, you know, because they don't know how to, to apply what they know. Um, faith is the next one. Faith. How do you receive, believe God and receive from Him is faith. You know, believing God, obeying Him, it's easier for some people to do this than others. But the Bible says God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. We all have it. Some have an extra special dose of faith that they can, they can live by faith and stick, we call it stick our nose out there, stick. No, you're just living by faith, following God. Some people who don't have that gift will follow behind them. Knowing. Some people can get things from God that others can't. Is that a, song? Is that a sign gift? No, it's not. It's not a sign. We're all taught to live by faith. Now here's where we get into the, the, the things that you have to really understand. Healing. The gift of healing. Is that a sign gift to Israel? How many people were healed in the nation of Israel from start to finish? You know, honestly, there was no laying on of any hands or there was no healing of anybody that I'm aware of before Israel became a nation. I kind of looked, I looked, I, went, I decided to look this up. All throughout the book of Genesis, you know, Isaac had poor eyesight. How come nobody healed his eyes? Because this has to do with Israel. It does. And they had, there was people in the church who had special gift to heal other people. God healing through them. It was a spiritual gift. It was a sign gift. That Remember, we talked about this. Moses was the first one to get healed. The leprosy. When he stuck his hand in there and did his Napoleon impersonation. And then he pulled his hand back out and God healed him of the leprosy. And God said, I'm going to build a nation on these, these signs and miracles, which brings you to the next gift. Miracles. You know, some people actually had gifts of miracles. Oh, can I just throw this in? I believe the apostles had all of them. All the apostles had all the gifts. 
Why? They were going to Israel. They were going to Israel. So we know that the workings of miracles is another sign gift. God brought special miracles by the hands of these men. And so Israel's whole nation was built upon miracles. Read the Bible, full of miracles. Now, I'm not saying you won't get a miracle these days. I've had a few in my life. I've had a bunch in my life, but I don't seek after them. I don't live for miracles. I don't have to have miracles. I need God. Amen. And you too. If God gives you a miracle, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. It's a wonderful bonus. But nobody has this gift anymore to perform miracles in front of the church. Okay? Very simple. Prophecy. Prophecy. The gift of prophecy. What would that mean? So before the Bible was written, you could say they could foretell the Word of God. Foretell. And a lot of times they could actually predict the future. They could dictate the future by speaking a prophecy. They foretold through the Word of God. Notice, the Bible had not been written at this time yet, fully complete. So, now, what do we do? We foretell the Bible. It's right in front of us. I'm speaking it forth to you today. We fort they foretold it, and now this, the gift of prophecy is foretell. Hey, I can tell you right now, if you go out and do certain things, it's going to have a bad end. That's, that's prophecy. Right? The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Why? They don't have, they're not listening to someone who has prop, the gift of prophecy to predict the future. Hey, you keep going down that road. We know where you're ending up. Very simple. Would prophecy then be a sign gift? Y'all think so? You know, the, in the old days it was because of the prediction of the future. They could prophesy certain things that were going to happen. Like sometimes in the book of Acts, a man would show up and he was a prophet. He'd, he'd preach, he'd prophesy that there's going to be a dearth in the land. There's, there's a, a drought coming. Somebody did that to us, apparently. Same man that predicted that drought. His name was Agabus. He told Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you. You're not going to be received. You're going to be put in chains and they're going to try to take your life. And Paul, did, Paul said, I'm still going. He prophesied though and it was true, right? Now we take the principles of the Bible and preach those forth and teach those forth and people are to take heed and it's basically the same thing without the sensationalism to go with it. Because Gentiles don't require a sign. Now, we'll, hopefully I'll get to this in just a minute. So what would prophecy be? Well, some people know prophecy. Some people know eschatology. Some people can understand uh, the doctrine of the last days. They can teach doctrine. They understand how to put it all together. The cause and effect of doctrine. So they preach. They teach. They exhort. They warn. They are prophets. Let's move on to the next one here. Discerning of spirits. Boy, now, you see right there where it says that to one or to another, the special ability to discern spirits. You know, there's spirits all over the place. 
There's spirits in here today. You know, every time you walk, isn't it strange you walk into the church and you be of a same, of a, you yourself be of a unique type of frame of mind or spirit that you're in. So you ever notice some people come in, some days they're real jolly and happy and other times they're not. You know, some people would say, some people would have the ability to understand, hey, they're, they're uh, I can discern by their spirit. I know what they need. I know they're, they, uh, they've, they're in some duress and I will try to help them. Everything is driven by a spirit. What are these people? They could discern whether a spirit was of God or of the devil. A spirit was righteous or not. First John 4, 1 through 6 says that many of us, and actually all of us now, because we have the Bible and the Holy Spirit, are supposed to be discerners of spirits. You are to be able to discern if a person's of God or not by what comes out of their mouth, the doctrine that they say. If someone says something that violates the fundamentals of the faith, that God became a man through Jesus Christ and that he died for our sin, go back. Any religion that teaches that God did not become man, the Word did not become flesh, and that Jesus was not deity, they are of the devil. We discern these. It's right there in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. We know that. So you can discern it basically by the doctrine. But it also says you, ought, you can also know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. You ever heard somebody preaching and you're going, it's not lining up. Hopefully I haven't done that to you yet. But anyway, that one not ringing true with me at all. I've got, and you know what? It's your job to discern. Is that sound doctrine or is that not? Don't just listen because I said it. First Timothy 4.1 says they, that they gave heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And that's going to happen in the last days a lot. And both of these passages, 1 John 4 and 1 Timothy, have to do with the last days. So what's, it's going to be intense. A lot of spirits going on in the world. A discerner. What does the Bible say? He that is spiritual judgeth all things. You have to discern. So this is not technically a sign gift. We all have this ability. We have this ability. The Holy Spirit gave us an unction, it says. We have this. It's within us. If you'll stir it up. Now here's the one that causes trouble. Now, I don't, I, and I know I'm hurrying through these, but I just don't want to overburden you and, and uh, bore you with this. But look at this. What does it say? To one or to another, what are they going to do? Diverse kinds of tongues. Diverse kinds of tongues. So without going into a long drawn out discussion on what does it mean to speak in tongues. This is not my purpose. This is not saying, hey, they spoke a heavenly language. This does not say they spoke the, the language of angels. This does not say that they did a rabba shabba time, my bow tie, my, my, what is it, my, my motorcycle filed a plug. No, this is diverse kinds of tongues. There's different types, not just one. You know, it's different. It's diverse. Notice what happened, the original, the original moment when the tongues were spoken, what happened? They spoke in Hebrew and they heard it in their own language. And these people that showed up came from all parts of the world and there were many uh, languages. 
represented. All of them heard their own language. It says diverse types of tongues. Now there is a difference between kinds of tongues, unknown tongues, and different tongues. We're gonna, we'll have to talk about that someday. The difference in what they meant by speaking in tongues. It's so, it's so interesting to me. One's called an unknown tongue. One's called a diverse tongue, and one says other. All right? So we'll have to, we'll have to study that one someday, if you indeed want to do that. All right? But tongues are for a sign. Here, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Are tongues a sign gift? Well, God makes this pretty clear in verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign. See that? Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not. I mean, excuse me. But prophesying serving not for them that believe not for them, but for them which believe. So if Christians should never have the need to hear a tongue anyways based on this. Why? It's a sign gift to, to those that are lost that believe not to be convinced that there's something going on here and that they will believe. That's why it says in verse 24 that there's a comparison between speaking in tongues and prophesying the Word of God in the, in the causative effect and what it brings. So it's very simple that this means this is a sign gift. And it's a sign gift to Israel. Now the next one is an interpretation of those tongues. So obviously if someone spoke in tongues in a church, somebody had to be there that could interpret it. It had to be. Because God's not the author of confusion. So some had a gift to know the translation and they could explain the doctrine for those who didn't understand that particular language. You have to understand in, in that day there were, there were uh, they'd come together in the clash of the languages. There was Greek, there was Latin, there was Hebrew, there was Arabic, they were all come, and there was others, many, that came together and some just didn't know what the other people were saying. And some people had a special gift to interpret tongues. So we obviously know if tongues is a sign gift, then the interpretation of tongues goes right there with it. So for, for the sake of trying to hurry, let me just say this. God told us in verse, uh, the last chapter, uh, verse of chapter 12 says, covet earnestly the best gifts, right? Don't covet the least gifts. And if you look at this, the least gifts are done away. They're removed. They're moved on. They replace. It's like moving on. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we let we put away childish things. We're moving on to better things. We're moving on to more godly things. We see clearer. We have understanding. So here's why the charismatics don't like the Baptists very much, because we have Bible and Holy Spirit, and we major on that, right? We let the Bible determine what we believe in our experiences. And we ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. We do not have to have signs. We don't need sensationalism. We don't need something spectacular. It's within. The kingdom of God is within you. We believe in spiritual gifts, not the sign gifts. The sign gifts were incomplete. The sign gifts were given to those who had not had the Bible yet. But let's move on. Look at verse 28 of, of chapter 12. Hopefully I'm not being 
too confusing to you. Here's some more list. Look what it says in verse 28. God has set some in the church first apostles. Now that is a, a, that is a position within the church, not a gift, not a spiritual gift. That's a position. Like I said, though, the apostles had all the gifts. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. And then after that, miracles. Then gifts of healing. Uh-oh, helps. Now, helps sounds, hey, helps is a good one. You know what's strange? Health is more, helps are more important than some of these others. What is a help? What is a help? What would the gifts of helps be? Well, relief. Suckering them when they need it. You know what it actually means? To take a hold of and participate in another's need. I'm here to help you through this. I'm going to I am going to take the need on with you and help you through the need. I'm going to fill the need. I'm going to provide the relief the best I can. And this is a special gift that some people have that others do not. It's a gift of helps. You ever heard somebody said, oh, you're such a help to me. They're such a help. Why? They, well, they must be gifted. You ever had some also said, hey, you know that so-and-so? I've never seen them help anybody. They sure haven't helped me. Maybe they don't have that gift. I think you should covet that gift because this is one of the most important ones. You know exactly what I needed. You came to help me. You have the gift of help. So let's move on. Governments. See that in verse 28? Governments. Leadership ability. Basically, to lead the church. To pilot. It means to pilot the church. We're going, and not pilot through the air, pilot through the sea. Like a seaman. And we are leading the way to steer to the proper destination. So that means to help the church accomplish goals by directing the way, by making proper decisions, by administering, by management. And then it ends up there with diverse kinds of tongues again. So I want you to remember this, because I am running out of time. These are points to remember. These were gifts given and used before the Bible was written. Okay, so you can actually go back into time. If you have a study Bible, you can look there and it'll give you a basic date when Corinthians was written. A.D. 59. A lot happened between Corinthians being written and the book of Romans being written. Only like four years, but a lot took place. Paul went through his voyage. Paul went to Rome and preached to the Jews in Rome. And they rejected. And in chapter 28, Paul is preaching and he's saying, I'm going to the Gentiles from now on. Your blood's on your own hands. I'm going to the Gentiles. And what did he say? They will receive it. The sign gifts quit right there. No more. You don't need sign gifts when you're speaking to Gentiles. We didn't get that promise. Number one, you, did, you didn't need it. Faith is all... So, number one, gifts were given and used before the Bible was completed. They had incomplete knowledge. So think about this. All these gifts that we just mentioned, these signed gifts, these were specialty gifts to help keep balance and equality in the church. Someone would have the wisdom or the knowledge. Somebody else would have the wisdom. This one here could heal the sick. 
This one here had extra faith that other people could, didn't have. Now the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Get in the Bible. You have a lot of faith now. But it was incomplete then. And it keeps a balance. Hey, somebody has leadership abilities that other people don't have. Some people are extra special servants and help, uh, helpers. These are very beautiful uh, gifts, by the way. And they keep a balance and an equality in the church. Just like I, my thumb and my big toe don't know it, but they, they, they work together pretty good. Okay? So number one, these are gifts given and used before the Bible was completed. And then number two, these were gifts used to persuade Israel that Jesus was the Messiah. You realize when you go back, God gave Israel every opportunity to receive Christ. Look what he did before he died. Look what he did after he died. And then look what the apostles did presenting the kingdom still after Jesus had already ascended to heaven. All throughout the book of Acts, God gave them every opportunity to come to Christ. And the Bible says those who are truly of Israel did believe and got saved, but the bulk... Uh, we're lost. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You, I go back to it again. You want to know what a, which gifts are in effect and which ones aren't? Line it up with Israel. Line it up with the Jews. And that will answer the question for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21. What did Paul say? For the Jews, what? Require a sign. He didn't say they, they prefer one. He didn't say they'd recommend one. No, they require a sign. Their whole nation was built upon signs and wonders. So remember that. But the Greeks seek after wisdom. The whole Grecian Empire was built on wisdom and philosophy. So the Jews wanted their senses sparked and wanted a sensational, uh, something that would appeal to their senses. And then the Greeks wanted their mind provoked. Ever learning, ever knowing. But time proved that men are always the same. No matter what. And so in verse 21, he says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So the preaching of the cross is all that we need. We don't need signs and we don't need wisdom. Paul said, I don't come and try to wisdom, give them a flurry of wisdom to win them. No, their, power, their, their faith will rest in the power of God by speaking the word and giving them the, the clear cut gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, when I come to you and preach, and he's telling the, the, the Corinthians this, he said, I, 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 I purpose this. I don't want to know anything among you. I don't want to know who the smart ones are, the, the talented ones, I don't, I, the educated ones. I don't want to know. I want to know Christ and Him crucified and who believes. So one more time, it must be said. If you look at Romans 11, 32, Israel got removed from the olive tree in Romans 11, 32, and it said God concluded them all in unbelief, even though some did get saved. 
the nation as a whole was con con uh, cut off and the wild vine or the wild branches, us, the Gentiles, got grafted in. And it took. And Gentiles have been getting saved for 2,000 years now. And the Bible was complete in AD 96 when John wrote the book of Revelation. And it's a more sure word of prophecy than any sign gift. You, if you saw somebody get raised from the dead, this is more solid and sure. If somebody was to call down fire from heaven, which it's going to happen in the tribulation, God's going to give the, the dragon that much power. He's going to, the miracles are going to happen. Whole world's going to wonder after the beast. God's people are going to be following this. The word of God, steadfast and sure. So this means that you're healing. Hey, God heals people all the time. The gift of healing is no longer there. God does miracles all the time, but the specialty gifts of, he of miracles is no longer there. If there's a need for a tongue to be done someday in a scriptural fashion, God will do that, but no one has the gift of tongues. Makes very, it's very sensible to me. No more. Now, quickly turn over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. A lot changed between Corinthians and Romans. Now the difference is when we, when we look at Romans list, and I'm not going to have time to finish this, but uh, I am finishing this today. And we'll get you these, these uh, next week we'll pass them out. All right? You can pass them out and let everyone take a test on themselves. This is Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Some people think that spiritual gifts make you better. That's just really crazy. Well, all we are is a vessel. But what does it say? But to think soberly, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. So when he mentions these gifts, nothing to do with the Holy Spirit being mentioned. This is all faith and grace right here. For as as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, severally by God. What does it say? Whether prophecy. There it is. See? Still in effect. Prophecy, foretelling the scriptures. Sometimes you can tell the future. Sometimes you, I mean, but the gift is not there to be a prophet and predict the future. You can through the knowing the word of God. So number one, it says that prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Now ministry was not mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. You know why? Some of those gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 that are given to you by the Spirit are going to be used within the church under the, under the uh, term ministry. These are service gifts right here we're talking. Serving in the church, not sign gifts. Romans deals with service gifts, not sign gifts. So here we have ministry. You know what ministry is? Is to strengthen by service. When you say, I have a ministry... 
we look at it, I'm just serving God. No, you're, you're, you're strengthening people. In some way, the church is being strengthened by your efforts of waiting on God. You know, like a, like a, uh, a waiter. A good waiter will get a good tip unless there's a sorry tipper there. And I know, you know, you're already paying enough for the food. Why do you have to give them a big tip to you? We, we, it's, a major, it's a problem. Just don't go out and eat. It's a real problem. They want to rip you for the food and then they want, they want a big tip. But, hey, waiting on the Lord. I'm, your, I'm the Lord's waiter. I'm going to serve God's people. Basically what he's saying is, and people will be fed. They will be strengthened by your ministry. And this has a wide scope. This is very broad on the, you know, cooking, cleaning, serving, putting up church, setting, uh, taking church back down, providing for others, praying for others. You know, praying is a ministry. Most of the time, only God sees it. These are, these are ministries that if you say, hey, I, I want to be a servant, this is where helps would come in. I want to serve God in the church. This is my ministry. Might be something small and uh, is putting the, those wonderful seat cushions that I never have to sit in. Often wonder. I like it when somebody says, well, hey, nobody's filling those up. I'll take three. Yeah. I got to hurry. Teaching. He said, look what he says. He that teacheth on teaching. So if you, listen, if you have the ability to transfer doctrine or knowledge to others, that's what teaching is, right? Just basically, I'm trying to teach what I know to you. You're saying, please do a better job at this. Go out and get the gift of teaching, would you, quick? So that we can benefit. But if you can do that, hey, I can learn the Bible, I'll teach it to her or them. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, wait on it. You know what he's saying? Stir it up and get good at it. If that's your gift, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church setting, you're helping the church teaching. All right. Exhortation is the next one. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. You know, some people are just great motivators for God. They know how to encourage others to get with it. And other people don't. Other people just can't do it. And other people, it's just natural, man. They can just be, they can naturally encourage within the church. Uh, some people are strong motivators to get people going, to keep people in, well, first, well to get people in line and then keep people in line. They have the gift of exhortation, special gift. Boy, the next one is giving. Now, we know we're all supposed to give. But some people have a special gift of simplicity giving. They don't, you know, some people, they'll pull, out, they'll pull out some money and give it to you and they're grumbling about it behind your back. <laughs> That's not simplicity. They don't have the gift. Now, I still think you ought to give it if the, if the need is there. But some people, you know what gift, the gift of giving is? You can give time, effort and strength and money or money, and suffer doing it, and it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt. It's not a great sacrifice. Hey, that's my specialty gift there, to be a giver, to give of self for the church's sake with no begrudging, 
been done. The next one says ruling. He that ruleth with diligence. Got to be good at this. Leadership within the church. Like we said, piloting the church. And doing this purely for church advancement, not for overlording or self-pride. For the church's sake, ruling. Some people just have good ability to make decisions on what we ought to do. And then the last one is showing mercy. Boy, you know some people. Hey, aren't we all supposed to be merciful? Didn't Jesus say, blessed are the merciful? You know, the Bible says, and I think it's Psalm 18, if, if to the merciful, God will show himself merciful. You want to have God to have mercy on you, you have mercy on others. Very simple. But some people have a specialty gift of mercy. It, become, it comes natural. And I'm not saying letting people off easy. No. But what you're doing is you're, you're having mercy and you're happy doing it. You're happy forgiving others and you're extending a hand of renewal and fellowship. And you're real good at getting people back into where that are hurting back where they need to be or someone who's fallen away back where they need to be. And what is it? You make other people happy by showing them mercy. So what I would say is and what we're going to do, I have to I have to stop. We'll hand out this this questionnaire. You can be honest with you and God. You can take it. You can use that as a guide. But it's very simple. Spiritual gifts are not those things that come easy or natural to you. They, they usually go against who you were before you were in Christ. They are spiritually natural now. Because the Holy Spirit's in you, it's a natural gift. It just becomes very natural. I mean, you want to do it. You feel comfortable in it. This is what I am. And this is my contribution to the cause of Christ and to the church being a blessing to God's people. All right.